Divorce was the furthest thing from my mind. As I said, I always believe that you must try every avenue and resource available to you before you make that final decision. And you can't get out of a relationship unless God has his stamp of approval on it and you heard from God um, that that is the step that you must take because nowadays people give up and marriage is a covenant. It's uh, uh, um, sacred. You went into it and you pledged to love um, and cherish each other till death do you part. And um, tragically for many, death has come because of toxic relationships that they have been in. And it's so sad because um, both parties were not prepared to put everything in it. And you see, when people come from, from traumatic backgrounds and from circumstances where they themselves have been victims and they have been abused, they carry that over into a other relationship. And that's why counseling is so vital uh, before you go in and take such a big step and go into marriage where you're going to live your whole life with another person. And too much, too little time has been given to counseling. We ourselves, we only went for one counseling session before we went into marriage. And so many things could have been avoided, I think, um, you know, during the relationship as well, going into it. So many people give up too quickly. Um, if the other partner doesn't do something right, um, then they just give up. And that is not what you go in for when you make that commitment to the next person. So I held up out hope until the end that he would put in everything possible to save our marriage. And sadly to me, I was very cut up. Um, and you see, you, you start questioning yourself, am I not worth fighting for? Am I not good enough? Where, where did I lack? Why is he not fighting for me? And to my mind, I wasn't a bad person. And it cut me deeply when he, when he sat me down. And he himself couldn't believe that, actu that this was actually going to take place. Whatever we spoke about before divorce, it actually was taking place. And then he just sat me down and he asked, can I speak to you? And he said, I, it's too much effort. We tried for 18 years. It's too much effort. And I don't have the patience. Um, I, I don't want to make that effort. It cut me so deep. Um, I listened to him and I looked at him and I thought in my mind, oh, wow. And I went to my room. And he came to my room and then he said, now it's all a matter of survival. And unfortunately, we must survive. And it's about the money. <laughs> I looked at him and I was so shocked. And you know, what went through my mind was, did he not love me? All these years, was it a pretense? Didn't he love me? Was it all about the money all along? Because remember, I'm an educator. He was going to get half of the house. He was going to get half of my pension. We were married in community of property. And I was devastated. I said, you know what? This picture that is standing in front of me and what you're saying to me now is the picture that will, will be left in my mind about who you are and what you really wanted from me. And I said, just get out of my room.
and he left. And from there on, I still try to hold some some something back. Um, you know, financially, we try to um, put it in the the, the the divorce agreement that I I even asked him even if I get a third. Even if I get a third back, even if I get a half of it, you don't have to get everything because you really don't deserve all of that money. And he said, no, he deserves it. He deserves it. And people can again glibly and quickly with their mouth say, no, I would have fought him. No, I would have, I would have done this. I would have done that. I was mentally, emotionally physically drained and worn out. I did not have the strength and the capacity to fight with him anymore. And not to forget that I was really dead scared at that time when he threatened me and he said that he will get me and he will deal with me if I try to to get to rob him of what is rightfully his. And I said to him, but it's not, it's not fair that I had to work all those years and my mother had to go through that sacrifice so that you could get it. And you would not budge. The person who, who um, made a draw was um, instrumental in getting the divorce finalized and everything said she will get an interdict. We can go straight to the third floor, get the police to escort me. I said, I can't, I'm not going to take the chance. He knows where I live. He knows where I work. I mean... My life is more important, and, and it's money. Yes, it, it, I was angry, I was upset, but I was fearful. And, I, and she said, okay, let it go, and we let it go. And um, it was like on the day of divorce, he wanted to be in the court with me. It was like nothing happened. It was so quick. It was like five minutes, ten minutes inside. We still went to go buy food and um, like I had a normal conversation, like nothing happened and went on and for days after that i cried myself to sleep i couldn't sleep i lost weight for a month my teacher friends at school said no anna you must look after yourself please and um you know i i i i said to god 18 years almost 19 years of my life that to me should have been the best years of my life and i questioned god why why did you allow this to happen to me? And I didn't ask for it. And um, why did this have to happen? And it's such a huge thing. And the person that I gave my, wanted to give my love to and my devotion to just didn't return that. And it was hurtful. It was so terribly hurtful. And I didn't even look at another man during that time. Whoever was interested, that wasn't on my mind. It was just my husband. And, um, you know, when things just started falling into place with me, when I saw that he's just nonchalant, he's ashes because of his personality. Remember, I said he's a narcissist because of his personality. Um, he just went on and he was talking to me afterward as if nothing happened. And he just said, life must go on and all of that. And then a light went on and I thought, no, man. Um, this has, as it's like I saw who he was for the real, for the first time, um, the real person in front of me. Um, and I thought, no, but this is something bigger than me. I can't deal with it. I can, I just pray. I prayed all the time for God to, 
to help him. But further than that, nobody can change anybody else. And even I couldn't get him to change and get to fight for me and become a, a, another person. That had to come only through God's help. And then I started pulling myself together. And my, the secretary at that school said, um, she calls me Annie. And she said, Annie, are you looking good? There you go. We've got the old Annie back. And um, I started looking after myself. And um, then I had to look for a place. And we got an, an apartment, my son and I. And you know, the very first thing that my son said when we, when we put our, our feet on the steps of, of the apartment, um, the second floor, he said, Mommy, it is so... No, sorry, the next day. He, uh, the next day when he woke up and he said, Wow, it's so peaceful. It's not that we didn't love Daddy, but it's so peaceful just to be away from, from that place and all the arguments. And it touched me so deeply. And I said, Thank you, God, that I made the right decision to take and remove my child from that from that environment. And I want to say to you, if you're not worried about yourself, think of your children who are looking at you. Remember, we are their parents. We must be an example. And he tried to make Joshua up against me. He tried to tell Joshua that I am selfish. I just do things for myself. I don't have time for him. I'm a bad mother and all of that. And the times when I, when I went to go buy, um, a clothing item or so, he said, look there, mommy's just buying for herself. And he, young Joshua didn't understand that. He just listened to what his father said. And um, then somebody said to me, one or two people said to me, no, you must start to, to speak to Joshua and tell him what is really going on. And then when Joshua became a little bit older, I started questioning him and telling him, but this is not the true picture of what marriage is supposed to be like. Um, both people must work together. Husband must provide. Mommy must provide where she can. And together they must work together. And yes, you can. All the, all the sacrifices mustn't be made by one person. The burden mustn't be on one person. And I said, and look, their daddy is, he is healthy. He can go work, but he doesn't want to go work. And when mommy wants to buy certain things, it's because mommy, mommy's working and mommy wants to treat herself and look good and feel like she worked for something and she's rewarding herself. So daddy mustn't make mommy out to be like um, she can't do it. And um, then he started to understand because I explained to him. And, and when he got older, he started standing up against his father and he became angry. And then I could see that the tension is now erupting between the two of them because my son was now working on his nerves because he was now questioning and telling him to leave, leave my mommy alone and, and stuff like that and talking back to his father because what he's seeing uh, is not what marriage is supposed to be like. So then the tension erupted um, between the two of them. And I thought, yeah, I must get him out of the situation because it's going to be to be toxic. And um, moving into the apartment in itself was a transition, but the peace I wouldn't trade for anything. Going to the shops, nobody telling me that I can't buy a chocolate. Yes, believe it or not, when I wanted to treat myself, I couldn't buy a chocolate or this or that. When I wanted to make my kind of food, I was told, no, it's not necessary. We don't have to eat that. And he would make his kind of food. When I wanted to buy something, he said, no, 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 you don't need that right now. 
when I wanted to write my songs and go and produce, he said, no, 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 your time is up for that kind of thing. You had your first CD out and there's no time and money for that kind of things anymore. So slowly but surely, the lonely nights, the intense lonely nights, I cried myself to sleep. It was devastating to be um, without somebody, um, even in the bed, because you have been married for so long. And then lockdown happened. Oh, my word. It hit me even harder because now I was removed from my family. I couldn't go there. And I was so intensely alone. i am tell you, for the first couple of weeks, I cried. My son had to look at me crying most of the time. And he was just in, his, in, in the lounge on his phone. I'm so glad that he is the child that he is because afterward... Um, Believe it or not, then my ex and I actually um, developed a good relationship because I'm not the person who holds grudges. I don't like bad relationship vibes. I do everything in my power to sort things out. And actually, we became we became friends and we, we, we just let the past be in the past. Because, I mean, as Christians, we have to, it's not that we have to end things bitterly, you know, and end up enemies because we still have children as well in the marriage. So um, I... I phoned him the one morning and I said to him, um, oh, sorry, that was that was when I was sick. Um, I became sick as well. And I said, uh, who's going to look after my child and all of that? And he said, don't worry, I'll take care of him and whatever, you know. But when I was depressed, uh, God just led me to Facebook and I came up across a motivational video and I watched that. And, and it was all about joy, how you mustn't allow your joy uh, the enemy to to rob you of your joy, and especially in these times that um, you know that you must do things so that your joy is not stolen or taken from you. Live in the moment, focus on the present, focus on what you are involved in, and then put things practically into place. You know, pray stuff like that. And she gave practical things as to how how I must go about um, getting out of that depressive state. And believe me, the next day things changed for me. And I said, I can't go on like this. I have a child. He must be my main focus. I went for counseling, a couple of sessions, and um, very good person. And um, she was very um, instrumental in also getting me to heal up certain parts. I was fearful of him. And she could see when I was th- there, when he phoned, I was so scared. I would want to answer his call immediately. And she said, no, no, no. You hold the key. She told me, you hold the key. When you want to take that call, you decide if, you, if you're going to take it. When you want to um, allow him to visit, you decide, but don't let him control you anymore. Remember, you hold the key. And you must make Joshua the main priority in your life now and yourself. But Joshua comes first, not him, not your ex, not him. So get that out of your mind. And I'm glad that I am totally healed at this point. It's been a year and and uh, a couple of months, almost two years, and I'm totally healed and I'm in a good standing relationship with him. And um, I thank God for where we are. He actually wrote me a letter asking for forgiveness for all the years that he hurt me so terribly, saying that I deserve better and that I'll must forgive him and that one day he hopes that we can be that we can be friends and I understand and um, because of the love of Christ inside of me I do understand and my prayer is that God will be with him um, 
you know, and make him the person that God destined him to be. I just want to say another prayer, and I just pray, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you will just touch each and every person that are tuned in right now in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that you will come and step into their circumstance, their relationships. Father God, I pray for the covering of your precious blood over their minds, over their homes, over their physical bodies in Jesus' name, my Father. And I pray that you will break the cycle of of violence, domestic violence, any form of abuse in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for healing, that men will go for healing. Men will realize that they are not exempt to going for help and seeking counseling. There's nothing wrong with going for help because you are investing in a long-term relationship. So I pray that you will move and work in the hearts and the minds and the spirits of people right now, men and women, that they will let go of the way that they were raised, but that they will base the, 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 the biblical the foundations, the marriage and the relationships on biblical knowledge and the biblical principles by which we must live by and what we must go through. And not according to what the world says, but according to what the Bible says and God's word. And I pray, Father, that you will come through for, for men and women um, like never before in this time, my Father, so that we can raise healthy children in Jesus' mighty name, and that the next generation will not be severely traumatized and affected like we have been and some of us still are. So do a mighty, powerful work, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen.